Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, we will have an interview with Chris Harry from FloridaGators.com to preview the UF basketball season. The Gators kick things off in the O-Dome with an exhibition game against Lynn on Tuesday night. So we'll get Chris's thoughts on the team and what he's seen from them leading up to the season opener. And then we'll also get an injury update from UF coach Dan Mullen. He gave us the latest on Jabari Zuniga. Jonathan Grenard and Kadarius Tony, who are all expected to return for the Florida Georgia game. But let's start the show with my interview with Chris. Here was our conversation this week. All right, we're now joined by Chris Harry from FloridaGators.com. Basketball season is here, Chris. It is here. It's like an early Snuck Christmas present. Snuck up on present. us, didn't it, huh? huh? Yeah, yeah, man. Always looking forward to this, especially with this team and where Mike White has the program. Uh, let's start with the offseason, man. It was an eventful one for the Florida Gators. I don't think anybody won it better than Mike White and his staff. Well, when you just think about it, um, all the time when a, when a season ends, it's all about evaluation. And yep. um, the coaches got together and, and tried to figure out, you know, last, not like last season was a disaster by any stretch. You're talking about this is a, this is a coaching staff that is the, uh, you know, along with Kentucky, the only coaching staff in the SEC that has been to the uh, NCAA tournament the last three years. Mm. They've won four straight years with 21 seasons. Uh, they're, the, they're one of 10 teams in the, in the country to win an NCAA tournament game uh, each of the last three seasons. So um, there's, there's a foundation here, a decent one. And leaving last season, obviously, you had those three uh, freshmen who started, I believe, 82 games yep. in Andrew Nemhard and Noah Locke and Keontae Johnson. So you got a nice little base. But there's some decisions made with regards to the roster and <laughs> the result of which is you have a, a – I mean, here we are. We're sitting in the Odom right now, Zach. And when people are going to file in for the Odom uh, for, for, the, uh, for the Tuesday night of um, uh, exhibition game against Lynn – you know they're going to need they're going to need a a, a handout to yeah. figure out who some of these guys are on this team. Programs. There's a lot of guy, a lot of new guys on this team, and you're talking about five freshmen on the team, and you're talking about Kerry Blackshear Jr. on the team. Um, the, there were five guys that left last year, one at midseason, um, and the results of, of the whole thing has been a culture shift uh, that, yeah. that that maybe the the, the fans not going to notice. Maybe the, maybe they'll notice with the product on the court because uh, Mike White wanted better culture uh, away from the floor in the locker room, practice yeah. time, um, and he and he went out and, and achieved his goal of overhauling the roster and making it look a, a, a little like what he wanted in terms of um, you know personalities and certainly talent. And this is his yeah. most talented team to date. And you mentioned, yeah, uh, it's 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 a different team. Mike White won the off season. It starts with um, well, actually. Chronologically, it started with the signing of Scotty Lewis and Trey Mann last year, no two doubt. McDonald's All-Americans, the first McDonald's All-Americans to join this program since uh, Casey Hill and Chris Walker in the fall of 2013. Um, these two guys, however, are going to be play much bigger roles than those two guys. If you call those two guys that joined the team with four of, with four freshman starters, yeah, um, uh, or excuse me, four seniors. Uh, of course, that team won 30 in a row, went to the Final Four, and what have you. These guys are going to have to play and contribute. Yep. Um, they helped um, months later, uh, helping in the acquisition, if you will, of, of Kerry Blackshear. They, Blackshear was texting them, and uh, they told him how much they believed in this program. Now, Kerry Blackshear is a guy who grew up in Orlando, grew up a Gator fan, grew up a Tim Tebow fan, we're number 15 in high school. Um, always wanted to play here, but 
of all the, the basketball teams in the state, uh, Florida didn't recruit him. Hmm. And everyone else did, but Florida, he ended up going Virginia Tech. And now he is, I believe he's the best grad transfer since the grad transfer rule went into effect uh, six years ago. Um, it, when you're talking about all around, you know, a guy has over 1,100 points, over 600 rebounds on his on the back of his basketball card already. Uh, he went to, he was in the Sweet 16 last year, second team All ACC. I mean, he won it. He's won at UVA. He's won at Duke. Uh, he's played against Zion Williamson. Uh, he played against DeAndre Hunter. I mean, this this guy, this is a successful basketball player. Quite a the great, resume. A great guy, and he is a threat offensively from all three levels. The likes of which. This, pa- this program has not had, I don't think, since uh, Al Horford. So um, I'm not trying to say he's Al Horford by any stretch, but I'm saying the, the fan, the, the frustrated uh, Gator basketball fan that has wondered about uh, the lack of post play, I don't think he's going to have to worry about that uh, now with Kerry Blackshear yeah. in the fold. And we haven't even talked about Omar Payne yet, the freshman from Montverde, who I've personally seen in, in practice the strides that he's made the last three weeks have, have, have been amazing. And I think he's going to play a lot more than these coaches uh, thought he was going to play. And I'm going to have to say the same thing about Quez Glover, the freshman from Knoxville, Tennessee, who wasn't recruited not only by Tennessee yeah. uh, in their backyard, but by any school in Tennessee and, and any school in that region. And he didn't have but one a low major offer. Um, and he ends up at Florida. This guy's a really, really good basketball player, Zach. And... Uh, there's not a day that goes by in practice where he doesn't do something that has the coaches and myself kind of just go, wow, how did he really just do that? You, he's really, he's really, really hard, hard to guard because he's so fast. Um, there's no one on this team that can stay with him. That's Scotty Lewis, who's an elite defender. I, I, that, that, I, I include him. Um, now, he, he's only 5'11", so he's got some restrictions there, but he knows how to compensate for his height, so... I've gone down the roster. I've mentioned the new guys. I haven't mentioned Jason Jatobo, another guy who came here. He's 6'11 and a half. He was 323 pounds. Now he's much closer to 290. Bounced around a little bit. He was seriously signed as a developmental player. Now yeah. you got Dante Bassett, who's nursing a little knee bruise. I don't think it's going to hurt him uh, beyond this game. Uh, you got Gorja Gak has a dislocated shoulder. That could probably last into the regular season. I don't think it's going to last very far, though. He's doing really good in his comeback. But this guy has answered the bell in terms of his opportunity both mm. in practice and in the scrimmage against USF uh, last week in which they won by 18 points and I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna redshirt now he wow. may not play a whole bunch of minutes in games but they needed they need a big guy who to get him some experience yeah. and, and play he just I mean because Gorshak Gak hasn't you been healthy that, his whole yeah. career Dante Bass is a guy who, who gets hurt a lot in practice but he's he's because he's a physical player um now you got, you know, you just got a lot of guys. You got a lot of depth. You have a, di- a lot of different ways you can play the game of basketball. And I think one of the coolest things about this particular exhibition game against Lynn is that uh, it's it's nobody really knows what to expect. The people like us who have maybe seen seen them play a little bit, seen them practice a little bit, we kind of know what to expect. But even in this dress rehearsal kind of environment, I think uh, I think fans are going to be excited to come into, even though the game doesn't count. Yeah. Now, you mentioned one thing that I think is, is really interesting, and, and I, I would imagine Mike White was really going for, which was the culture change. I think everybody, so much has been made about what Kerry Blackshear brings to the table from mm-hmm. a talent standpoint. You have the addition of the five-star freshman, but what is what are those guys doing culturally to kind of change the makeup of the team, the competition in practice, and, and just some of the things I think maybe Mike White had lacking last year? Well, I think one thing, it's, it's the clicks develop invariably in just about every kind of organization and and I think maybe this team might have been a little too clicky last year and and I'll say this flat out I mean 
Kayvon Allen is one of the he's the number six scorer all time in Gator history. But the guy didn't communicate very much. I mean, everyone knows that people would shoot, shoot the ball and, and talk Kayvon, and, yeah. and, and, and everyone loved Kayvon. And he left here uh, 1,700 and 17 points, I, I think, the number six scorer in school history. I mean, he he had he had a terrific career. But but this is a team that that has better chemistry and better chemistry off the floor invariably becomes better chemistry on the floor. Sure. Um, now, uh, the, we can say all this and, and say all these wonderful things about these good guys and they are good guys with good personalities and, uh, but <laughs> once the, there's only 200 minutes in a game. There's 40 minutes of basketball and 200 minutes to distribute. To distribute. Now, how are guys who are used to being high school stars or Kerry Blackshear, an ACC star, now their minutes are going to be you know, ferried out a little bit. I mean, how Scotty Lewis, let's say he only plays 18 minutes a game. Let's say Trey Mann only plays 18 minutes a game. How are they going to react? Now they talk about team being the best thing. If yeah. we're here to make this team better, okay. Well, then then you care. You should care more about the result sure. of the team than, you know, how many minutes you're going to play or if you go one for six or that kind of thing. And, and these guys are used to being highly, highly successful players, and this is a challenge for Mike White in terms of um, the minute distribution and handling of personalities and, and – Moodiness, if you will. How, Alpha how, dogs. How, how, yeah, that's a, that's exactly right. But you know, he has not had. These are two five-star uh, uh, McDonald's All-American players, and when you recruit those guys, they come with a package. Absolutely. Now, and and if you're going to be a coach of Florida, you better learn how to deal with that. And it's a challenge. He's he's gladly accepting. Of and course. And it's an, it's another reason why people should be excited to come to a game like this. And again, the season opens next week against North Florida Tuesday night. I would imagine people would want to come and see it really spring off the board like that and of course the second game of the year is Florida State yep. and the Seminoles have won five straight in the series most they've ever won and have really some of those games haven't been closed and I think uh, a lot of fans are kind of tired of losing to FSU kind of like the football fans are kind of tired of losing to FSU and you saw how that was celebrated last year when they finally got it done yeah for sure final question for yep. you Chris um, a lot of expectations for this team folks are talking about this they could go as far as they want in the postseason in your from your estimation, what is it going to take for this team to reach that level? And what concerns do you have about them that maybe they still need to show you over the course of the year? Well, it's a lot of the same things we, we just talked about in terms roster of cause, I mean, yeah. roster management also. But, but I mean, you're going to lose games. Yep. How are you going to react when you lose games? What's the, what's the mood of the team going to be? What's the mood of individuals, individual players going to be? Um, is that going to impact the overall team? How can the, how can the coaches manage if, if that is the case? Um, but I, I'm a little different than – I mean, I, I, I'm getting tweets today about – I got one that said Final Four or bust. Um, it's really hard to get to the Final Four, okay? Yeah. It's I, – I mean, people talk about, oh, this is a – you know, they need to go to – you know, if, if you could get to the Sweet 16 every year, Everybody you would be would a phenomenal it. basketball program, right? Because if you can get to the Sweet 16 every year, then you, then you got a chance. You know, yeah. you want to get to the NCAA tournament every year, of course. But if you can win a game or two, I, getting the Final Four, you got to win four games. I know how hard it is to win one. Yeah. Um, and, and and for Florida, that was a big deal last year. It was a big deal last year because they were a ten seed and upset a seven a seven seed, which won thirty games, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, Nevada's record around somewhere around twenty nine games. Um, but uh, you know, so I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna hang a number on them. But is this a top? Uh, is this a top four seed in the country? Yeah, I mean they were picked. Uh, they were picked second in the SEC. Is should they be a, a three seed or higher? I don't know because I haven't seen them play a real game yet. Yeah. And we get to see that tonight, and we get to see him play a 
pretty damn good schedule. I get to go to Butler and watch them play in that Cracker Box, uh, you know, awesome. Hinkle Fieldhouse. I get to see them play at UConn. Um, they'll have a tournament in, in Charleston, which will tell them a little bit about, uh, uh, you know, how good they're going to be. So they're going to build to the crescendo of the start of the SEC, and the SEC is going to be good again this year with some uh, really good, really good new coaches. So uh, um, I think the the expectations are warranted. They may be a little out of whack to some degree, um, but that's something that these guys have to deal with. And I think dealing with expectations will be maybe the biggest storyline with this team as it plays out. And We'll throw it up tonight and see what happens. Absolutely. Well, Chris, appreciate the time and perspective. Make sure everyone goes to FloridaGators.com to read all your work throughout the season. You do a great job covering the team, and uh, we'll be following along. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate it. Appreciate Chris for his time and perspective. When we come back from this break, we'll bring you some comments from Florida coach Dan Mullen about the return of injured starters Kadarius Toney, Jabari Zuniga, and Jonathan Grenard. You're listening to Locked On Gators, your team every day. Welcome back into the show. Gator Nation got some good news on Monday when Dan Mullen took the podium for his weekly presser and said that Kadarius Toney and both of his starting defensive ends are all expected to go for Saturday's rivalry game with Georgia. Tony was actually able to take the practice field and do some work in a non-contact jersey. And then Jabari Zuniga and Jonathan Grenard both practice on Monday. And we'll bring you some comments from Grenard as well after we hear from Mullen. But here's what the second-year Florida coach had to say on Monday about where his three injured starters are at, what he's seen from them so far in practice, and his expectations for Saturday's matchup with UGA. A good bye week, you know, had an opportunity to get guys healthy. We'll see where we're out of practice today. You know, Kadarius practiced a little bit last week uh, to get him back. The other guys, we kind of rested a lot of guys last week. Uh, but he was a guy to practice because he hasn't practiced in a while. We'll see how everybody does practice today. But we expect to have uh, the guys that have been banged up. We, you know, talking to the training staff, we expect to have them back for Saturday, uh, which would be a big help. So, um, you know, we'll see. We're not going to rush them back. We're going to get them ready for Saturday. Uh, but we expect both those guys to be ready to go Saturday. Tony looked pretty good running around, you know. I mean, no contact, obviously, but we just had him running around and looked pretty good. How big would it be getting Grenard and uh, Zuniga back? Well, obviously huge, you know what I mean? I mean, you look at I mean, you look at teams, right? I mean, it, to be to have a successful season, you're going to look at injuries. And, you know, I mean, I think we've done an unbelievable job, our coaching staff this year and our players of next guy standing up because, I mean, we've, uh, very few teams I don't think in the country could have dealt with the injuries we've had and be in the position that we're still in. Um, you know, and, and so that's a tribute to our guys. Next guy standing up, and our coaches getting guys ready to go play. So, uh, obviously, when you you know you look, you can go take star players. You take start taking star players away from teams, and you know, in big games, and see what happens. And uh, you know, a lot of them don't win. As a coach, when you have a guy like Kadarius that's been out for so long, and you've had other guys fill that role, how do you fit him back into the game plan while taking some guys out? And try, how do you find a balance for that? Well, I think the one thing, nice thing we do offensively, we just spread the ball around a lot to the guys. So, um, you know, I don't know that it's, uh, you know, taking guys out. You know, he just gets to come back in the rotation. He'll get a couple of, he'll get, you know, hopefully some touches, and depending on, but we always kind of just take what the defense gives us. And if he gets the ball in his hand, we know he can do some good things. And, um, you know, if he doesn't, and, and you know, um, other guys do some good things too. So, you know, we've uh, offensively we kind of let the defense dictate who touches the ball. We're just going to take what they give us. 
We also heard from Todd Grantham on Monday, who discussed what the return of Jonathan Grenard and Jabari Zuniga means for his defense. We've seen those guys out the last two games. Florida's pass rush has not been the same. They've not been able to get in the backfield and bring down the quarterbacks for sacks the way that they did with those guys in the starting lineup. Grantham confirmed that both of those guys practice on Monday. He likes what he's seen from them, and he expects both of them to be good to go on Saturday. I think we've been pretty patient with them. Um, and I thought they did a good job today practicing and moving around. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll have them in their packages and let them play. And then the biggest thing as a coach is I've always worked to have communication with players. Just kind of let me know how you're doing. And as we go, uh, they'll play. And if they need a blow, we'll build it in and, um, and kind of give them blows as needed and just kind of rotate that way with communication. How much do they help compress and kind of set the edge more so than maybe the guys that are younger? Yeah, because they're bigger and they're stronger and, you know, they're older. I mean, all of that. I mean, you know, I think anytime you lose guys like that, it can affect you and everything you do because they're physical guys at the point of attack. They're guys that can get off blocks. Um, they're guys that can win the one-on-one -on -one blocks, um, set the edge, like you said. So I think anytime you remove one, you're dinging yourself. And if you move two, that's, you know, ends up being a challenge, which our guys have handled and really did a good job against South Carolina. So we just got to, you know, we've kind of got some depth now with him coming back. You kind of feel comfortable in playing maybe some other guys, maybe a few snaps that maybe you wouldn't have earlier. We also got to hear from the man himself, Jonathan Grenard, who said that his ankle is about 85 to 90 percent, but that's good enough for him to play on Saturday. He says that he's never experienced a high ankle sprain before. He thought that despite injuring it in the Auburn game, he would be able to go through the week and still play against LSU, but that was not the case. He got out there on the field in Death Valley and just couldn't give it a go, but he's taken the necessary time that he needed to rest up. The bye week was a big help for both him and Zuniga. And remember, this was a guy who missed all of last year at Louisville after getting injured in the season opener against Alabama. So he knows what it feels like to be sidelined and not out there competing with your teammates. And he said that these last couple weeks have been rough for him, kind of gave him flashbacks to that year in 2018. But his high ankle sprain has now healed up, and he's happy to be back practicing and getting ready for a game. The ankle's getting there. It's good, though. I mean, I practiced today, felt really good. So um, just going to continue to work on it, get more rehab and stuff on it, and just be able to uh, make it manageable and uh, continue to do my thing. So uh, I just know I'm going to be out there, so that's all that matters. I would say I'm good. I'm just saying I'm good. 85, 90, I feel, I mean, if I'm honestly 85, 90, to me, that's 100. So I feel good. I mean, I'm no excuses. You know, I'm, of course, I'm going to have to have the, the brace and stuff out there. But all that should know, like I said, I'm playing. When did you hurt? Uh, Auburn game. I mean, I actually tried to go back in the Auburn game as well. Um, still with a little tender and stuff like that, let it get stiff a little bit. But um, yeah, the Auburn game definitely set it off. I tried to go back in the LSU game. Felt pretty good throughout the week just walking and stuff. But I mean, I've never had a high ankle sprain before. So me knowing just walking fine, I'm thinking that's fine. Like it's a regular ankle injury. But when I started to take off and plant and stuff, I mean, it just wasn't ready. I mean, I feel really good. I mean, um, just work, easing things back in, working things back into, you know, just getting ankle right, you know, just getting reps and stuff like that, you know, being out there with the guys again, you know, just being all on one accord, you know, just get that camaraderie back just how we, so that way, you know, this was beforehand. How hard was it to watch the LSU game from the sideline? Oh, it was tough. I mean, it kind of brought a flashback. That's why I got emotional. You know, it was the flashback I had me missing all of last year, being in the training rooms and being on the sideline every single day, you know, all year, you know, that just kind of brought a little, little flashback. But um, once I got over, I had a good teammates, good support system, and I just basically cleared it out. I had to be selfless and, you know, help those guys out. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we previewed Florida's basketball season with Chris Harry from FloridaGators.com. And then in the second segment, we brought you an injury update 
on Florida's Kadarius Tony, Jonathan Grenard, and Jabari Zuniga with some comments from Dan Mullen, Todd Grantham, and Grenard himself. On tomorrow's show, we'll look at this Florida-Georgia rivalry from the other side, and we'll be joined by Jeff Centel from Dog Nation to get some perspective on UGA. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.